The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I grew up and I had one passion. I had my first love in life was an orange ball. It was a basketball. When I went to sleep, my basketball was with me. When I got up and went to breakfast, guess who came with me? My basketball. My whole life as a kid was basketball, basketball, basketball. When I got into high school, I played for the basketball team. And I had one game that I'll never forget. We were playing a rival school. And I want you to picture this for a second. I was playing on the varsity team. And the, play, the gym is jam-packed. And the whole game is totally close. We're tied or up by one the whole game. We get to the end of the game and we're up by one with one minute left. And their team comes down, and with 10 seconds left, their team scores, and we go down by a point. We get the ball back, we call timeout. You can't even hear yourself think. The entire gym is jammed. And I come into the huddle so my coach can call the last play of the game. Seven seconds left, packed down by one. I go into the huddle, and on my team, there was a guy who had the greatest shot I've ever seen. He can score from anywhere on the court. And I knew for sure if there's one play left, the coach is going to that guy. And I come into the huddle and the place is rocking and the coach goes, okay, you're going here, you're going here, you're going here. He goes, Harari, you're coming around the bend. And he turns to the guy that's going to inbound the ball and says, you, you give the ball to Harari. Charlie, you take the last shot. I said, <laughs> it's funny you said Charlie. You must have meant him, right? He goes, no, you're you. I'm like, no, I mean, you mean him, him? him? You're calling him Charlie now? He's like, I'm looking at you. You're taking less shot. I'm like, are you sure? Like, because we have one shot left. There's only five seconds left. He's like, I'm sure. Whistle blows. We get on the court. And I am shaking. The ball comes. The guy inbounds the ball. And I come right around the pick. And I catch the ball. And as I'm catching the ball, my brain says the following to me. The coach is wrong. You're totally going to miss. And you're going to embarrass yourself. He thinks he knows. You know better. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the ball, and then we're going to pass it. And someone else is going to shoot, and he's going to forget about the whole thing. So I come around the bend. I get the ball. And instead of shooting it, I pass the ball to another one of my teammates, who doesn't think it's coming because he was in the huddle as well a second ago. And he also heard, Charlie, you're shooting. He catches the ball off guard, throws it up. He misses, and we lose the game. It's terrible. I'm still getting over it, as you can tell. (laughs) This is just one big therapy session. I get to the locker room, and the coach goes, all right, everybody, good game. And my coach was like 65, been coaching for 40 years. Goes, okay, everybody, great game. Practice on Tuesday, no problem. We all get up, and he goes, Charlie, I want to speak to you. And everyone's like, oh, you're dead. (laughs) So I'm like, you sure? He's like, yes. So I wait afterwards, and the, cl- the locker room clears out. And looks at me and goes, what happened? I said, well, I know you gave me the ball. I know you called the play for me, but I know he's a better player. So I thought to myself, you'll probably have a better chance of winning if I passed it. So I tried to pass the ball. I knew it was a better move. So he stops. I'll never forget this. And he says, how old are you? I said, I'm 17. He goes, how many years are you playing basketball? I said, I don't know, seven, eight years? He goes, seven, eight years. He goes, I've been coaching basketball for more years than you've been alive. He goes, in fact, I've been coaching basketball for more years than before your parents even met. 
goes, who do you think wants to win the game more, me or you? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, the coach or one of the players? I said, probably you. He goes, so if I know what I'm talking about, and I put you as the one to shoot the last shot, why wouldn't you shoot the last shot? I said, because I thought I was going to miss. And then he tells me a line that I will never forget for the rest of my life. He said, it's okay that you feel nervous. And you know what? It's okay that you may not even believe in yourself. But at least if you're on my team, have the decency to believe in me because I know more than you. And if I tell you to shoot the last shot, then you better believe that I see something in you that you may not even see in yourself and shoot the shot anyways. Because if I put you in in the game, I see in you something you don't see in yourself. And even if you don't think you can hit it, I think you can hit it. And that's enough for you to take it in the first place. Believe in me enough to know that I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. The lesson of the Jews in Egypt standing in front of Eretz Canaan is the lesson of me and you in our entire lives. Because every single one of us live our lives and we all have problems. All of us have a problem. All of us have a challenge. If you're alive today, something that you have in your life is challenging you. The only people that don't have challenge are the people that are sleeping in cemeteries. Because if you're alive and you're trying in life, the purpose of trying in life is growing through challenges. And when we go through our challenges, we think that the challenges are bigger than us. And so many times in our lives, we look at our days and we look at our challenges and we look at our lives and we go, there's no way I can do this. This is beyond me. I can't. And as we go through our lives, what stops us in life is not the ability to fight for challenges. It's that moment when you go up against something that you say to yourself, at some point, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't is the part of our lives that stops us. The Chassam Sofer says that every single day, it's an amazing thing. God puts, he doesn't say this exact line. I'm adding the the basketball muscle. He didn't use the basketball muscle. That's me. Whatever's basketball is me, whatever's Torah is him. Just getting you know. Every day, God puts you on the court and gives you a shot. And you start your day off and God goes, listen, I believe in you. So we grow up and we hurt. We, the, the feel that we say when we, when we grow up is, every morning they taught us, we say, The Chassam Sofer says, you're not saying it right. The way you're supposed to say it is this. I stand before you and thank you, God. The coach of coaches. Depending on what side you're sitting on. You gave me back my soul. You put me on the court. Bechemla, with love. Kama. Raba emunasecha. You have a lot of faith. In whom, the Chassam Sofer says, in me. I woke up this morning and I still got problems. I woke up this morning and I'm still struggling. And if you put me on this earth, 
and you put this thing in front of me, you know why you did it, God? Because you believe in me more than I believe in myself. And I walk my day, and even at the moments where I say to myself, I can't, in my core I say, maybe he believes in me more than I believe in myself.